This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and I'm the Daniel and the Frankly part of the Center Prize. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights, and it's an honor to be with you. So much to cover, so much to say, so let's jump right in. Today's show is entitled Biden's COVID Policies for Dummies, Part 2. As you'll see, there's a lot of political dummies shoveling a lot of bad advice and outright misleading information about all things COVID. First, thank you so much for your tremendous response to my last week's show entitled Biden's COVID Policies for Dummies Part 1. In last week's show, which is now available on podcast on the America Out Loud Radio Network's brand spanking new website, well, I I focused on the CDC's, Dr. Fauci's, and Joey Biden's calamitous COVID-19 policies. These COVID-19 policies have been clumsy and misguided, often disingenuous, and always purposely coercive and controlling. If you seriously review the last 120 days of Biden's COVID-19 policies, you can only conclude that they'll tell you the truth only when forced to, and they'll follow truthful admissions with one heck of a lot of post-facto explanations or, or rewriting history. Confused about masks and COVID? Let's listen to just a few of literally thousands of Dr. Fauci mask audio clips. Dr. Fauci makes on average 15 guest appearances a day across media and other interested federal, state, and private groups. Now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. One mask is good, two masks are better. A year or two or more from now, that during certain seasonal periods, Mm -hmm. when you have respiratory-borne viruses like the flu, people might actually elect to wear masks. Yes, people may elect to wear masks forever, in perpetuity, and even in the life hereafter. I'm not the only one who's been saying making the public wear face masks for COVID-19 is just theater. Finally, Senator and medical doctor Rand Paul called Fauci out during a recent Senate COVID-19 hearing. Isn't it just theater? No, it's not. You had the vaccine and you wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let's get down to the facts. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. So masks aren't theater, huh? Well, the verbally nimble Dr. Fauci just said this the other day. Just the other day. I am now much more comfortable in in people seeing me indoors without a mask. I mean, before the CDC made the recommendation change, I didn't want to look like I was giving mixed signals. What incredible irony. All Dr. Fauci has done is give Americans waffle-cured mixed messages about face masks. And here we catch him saying, in public, he always paraded around in a double mask. But otherwise, he didn't. Well, let me drill down on just one of Dr. Fauci's flip-flops. Early on, Dr. Fauci told every TV camera he could get in front of that we didn't need to wear masks against COVID-19, and we shouldn't really bother ourselves with masks. A month later, Dr. Fauci had an epiphany, and he was booked to appear another hundred times or more on television, telling us that wearing masks were essential to the war on COVID. 
Not much later, Dr. Fauci huddled with other Democratic political revisionists, and they concocted a reason why Dr. Fauci told us a white lie. Uh, can you still tell white lies in today's world culture? Uh, pro probably not. Well, nevertheless, Fauci only misled us about face masks because he didn't want to ignite a national run and subsequent hoarding of face masks, especially the valued N95 face masks. Well, at the time, 85% of Americans had no idea what an N95 face mask was. Second, while surgical masks were in short supply in March of 2020, this wasn't the reason Dr. Fauci was handing out misleading advice. The actual reason was that the CDC, Dr. Fauci, and even WHO, I mean the World Health Organization, agreed on the wrong mode of disease transmission by which they modeled all their public health protection. COVID-19 is an aerosolized airborne disease and not an upper respiratory tract large droplet secretion spread disease. Few diseases are pure airborne aerosolized or large droplet spread diseases. But in COVID-19's case, airborne and aerosolized is the predominant mechanism. Here's a clip from NBC's Chuck Todd on Meet the Depressed with Dr. Fauci, May 9th. The headline yesterday from the CDC about the virus spreading um, through aerosol form. And I'll be honest with you, Dr. Fauci, I had to check the date of the article to make sure it wasn't from a year earlier, this felt like a known thing. So now that there is a formal acknowledgement now of aerosol transmission, what does this mean for workplaces? What does this mean for schools, homes, things like this, if we're going to have to live with this virus for another year or so? Well, I mean, as you mentioned, Chuck, correctly, this is something we've known for some time now. So when you have aerosol, then the distance between people becomes a little bit more problematic because generally when you say you have a certain distance, that the droplets will fall and not reach a person. So right now, this is going to have an emphasis on proper ventilation. Uh, remember, this Fauci clip is on May 9th, four days before the May 13th CDC announcement that masks are coming off. Of course, Fauci says, well, as you've mentioned, Chuck, this is something we've known for some time now. What? What are, you, what are you talking about? What Dr. Fauci was doing here is what's called CYA, or cover your assets. So how did it happen that they got this all wrong? And why did it take this long to admit it? As outlined last week, the medical science types the virologists, the epidemiologists, the infectious disease practitioners, and the health services researchers focused on diseases and populations. Instead of paying attention to research advice from mechanical industrial engineers who focused on airflow dynamics, air exchange, and airflow filtering technologies. It turns out that after COVID-19 vaccines, ventilation is the dominant solution to COVID-19. That's why being outside is so incredibly wonderful when it comes to COVID-19. How long did it take them to figure that out? The greater the ventilation, air exchange, and air filtering, the lesser the chance of COVID-19 infections. COVID-19 isn't transmitted like influenza, which is a large respiratory droplet type of disease. Instead, COVID is mostly an aerosolized airborne disease and not usually spread via large respiratory droplets that, that don't float easily and 
and they quickly fall to the ground within three to six feet of the infected person. In this way, COVID acts more like the contagious diseases of measles and chickenpox that transmit predominantly through the air and across great distances. Neither of these diseases, like COVID-19, they're not visible to the human eye. The airborne characteristics of COVID-19 is why it's 20 times or more infectious in an indoor setting, especially if the room is poorly ventilated and, and you remain with an infected person for extended periods of time. Note the highest peak of COVID cases in the U.S. occurred this past January, one of our coldest seasonal months, when, when everybody was indoors. Furthermore, our highest reported months of self-masking have been throughout the winter, while the lowest number of COVID cases occurred late the prior summer. That is, until now, until the vaccines kicked in big time. Trump's great, big, beautiful vaccines, just as he would tell you himself. Initially, WHO, the World Health Organization, and the CDC were adamant that aerosolized airborne transmission of COVID-19 was not possible. I mean, they were hostile adamant. They were bat-sure adamant. <laughs> Only recently have they admitted it was possible, and now in May, they've come a full 180 degrees and state that COVID-19 is predominantly an aerosolized airborne disease. No, the disease didn't change or mutate. This is why Dr. Fauci was right the first time he spoke about face masks. You don't really need them. Walking around outside in public with a mask doesn't really protect you much, if, if at all. However, if you're in close contact with infected COVID persons or patients, then a face mask makes sense. And if you're in a COVID-designated ICU caring for patients, think N95 respirator masks. For the record, all FDA-cleared N95 respirators are labeled as single-use disposable devices. Did, did, Dr. Fauci didn't tell you. He didn't tell you this, did he? Nor did Dr. Fauci tell you the same is true for really every mask worn. This goes for surgical masks, homemade cloth masks that can be washed, or for any other face covering meant to obstruct you breathing in pathogens or you breathing out pathogens. Did, did you ever hear Dr. Fauci tell you to wear a new clean mask every time you went out or every day for that matter? No, you didn't. That would be impractical and expensive. But if your mask is contaminated with the COVID virus, you're allegedly trapping in the mask, why would you wear it again the next day and the next day and and the next day and so forth and so on. This is among the many reasons the CDC's and Dr. Fauci's mask advice is pitifully incomplete. Let's uh, circle back to N95 respirators. These masks have valves that make it easier to breathe out, thus they don't protect others, just you, the wearer. Logically, then, they shouldn't be worn on airplanes, buses, or other closed spaces for prolonged sessions. Dr. Fauci never told you this either, did he? I can't begin to tell you the stories I've heard about passengers about to board a commercial flight wearing an N95 mask to be told they can't wear that mask on this flight. Why not? Because, because the mask is only filtering incoming air, not your expiration, thus you're potentially contaminating other passengers. Did uh, Dr. Fauci tell you this? Mm, probably not. 
By the way, the 95 stands for 95% of particles of the size of 0.3 microns and above. These are filtered by these masks if fitted properly. COVID-19 virus particles are the size 0.13 microns with a range of 0.06 to 0.14 microns. Well, that, that, that doesn't mean anything to anybody except that viruses can get through the N95 mask. It's not all that likely, but the virus particles are smaller than what could be filtered out by the mask. Thus, the COVID-19 virus is able to penetrate these masks. However, it's, it's still the best filtering mask publicly available. You must have a shaven face to properly fit N95. At the height of the pandemic, our third son, who was working as an ICU RN in an adult critical care unit, well, off with the beard. Uh, he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't a happy alpha male <laughs> after that experience. Oh, did you see, by the way, that the Fed just seized $3.6 million from an Oregon company over the sale of fake N95 masks in the state of Maine. Yep, they sold Maine 1.8 million fake masks. This isn't the only case of mask fraud. Early on, we imported millions of surgical masks from China. Who oversaw the quality of these masks? No one. The CDC nor Fauci, did they ever talk about a standardized mask? No, they didn't, and thus Amazon had every type and size of mask made from every available material, they were on sale. Is uh, cloth cotton uh, mask, uh, is that as good as a polyester mask? Or is it as good as a blue or black or other colored mask? Is one that only partially covers your nose, is that as good as one that completely covers your earlobes and everything else? I mean, who knows anymore? The important thing is that you comply with a totally nonsensical mandate. Wear a mask or be shamed and ostracized in public. Now that was the real message. Well, regardless of mask type, Fauci is still out there telling anyone who will listen, which happens to be 85% of the established media, that his early advice, warning off the public about using face masks, was to prevent a run on a short supply of masks. By way of note, the Obama-Biden administration never replaced the national supply of PPE of protective personal equipment or such items after the 2009 H1N1 epidemic. In fact, they never took a second look at our national emergency pandemic supplies after 2009, truly leaving President Trump with either empty shelves or shelves full of long-ago expired equipment. Now, speaking about shortages of pandemic equipment, do you remember when Governor Cuomo of New York told then-President Trump that he urgently needed 30,000 30, ventilators to fight New York's COVID-19 pandemic. The national stockpile at that time had only 15,000 old generation ventilators on hand. So Trump asked Cuomo why he hadn't followed his own 2015 recommendations of his own New York State Task Force on Life and the Law and the New York State Departments of Health recommendation to purchase 16,000 ventilators back in 2015 to guard against just such a pandemic. Well, not only had Cuomo not followed through, but the Obama-Biden administration didn't either. So who made sure Cuomo and the world got ventilators? Donald J. Trump. So 
We've not only forgotten that Trump procured metric tons of PPE and ventilators, but he also helped fund and facilitate every COVID-19 test in practice, including testing supplies, as well as 95% of the new therapeutic agents used to treat COVID-19. And while I'm wandering away from my central theme at the moment, uh, yes, it, it is because of my ADD. I've had attention deficit disorder since I was in utero. Just in case you're wondering, uh, utero isn't in the Middle East. Uh, actually, uh, in utero, is, that's an inside joke. Yes, while I'm uh, wandering, uh, I'm wondering why we haven't heard a peep from the CDC or Dr. Fauci about early treatment for COVID-19. If you think you have COVID-19, an FDA-approved COVID vaccine it is not going to help you. So what do you do when your test comes back positive? Do you know what your doctor should know about treating it? More on this later in the show. I'm going to tell you where to get this advice. Remember last week's show, the Biden COVID-19 Policies for Dummies Part 1, is now available on the America Out Loud website under the Frankly Daniels Show, as are all my past shows. Let me say again, if you're into conservative talk radio, then the America Out Loud radio network is the place to be. If you've ever tried to tell the truth on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or any other liberal monopolized social media platform, I mean the truth as you not only feel it and believe it, but the truth as you've painstakingly researched and, and double-checked it. Just try it. You'll be canceled in a woke heartbeat. This is why America Out Loud is such an amazing, courageous platform. Please check it out. It's a conservative viewpoint treasure beyond description, and it grows each and every day with more incredible voices. I know, I know, it's time to get back to the show. I want to tell you that fight is the operative word. It's our action verb. It's a fight we need to have, or we're going to be retreating and remorse for years to come. So, who are we fighting? We need to stand tall against the radical left and the Biden administration that's about to demand COVID vaccinations for all of our children, even those as young as six months old. And we also need to stand tall against socially coerced vaccine passports. If we don't win the private medical information battle, we won't be able to keep anything private about our lives. You may think that's already a lost cause. Personally, I don't. I ask you, when our rights to keep our medical information gone, what's next? What's left? Should the government be able to publish your tax returns if you're white and you don't agree with the, uh, the administration's policy position on your white privilege? If the government wishes to discredit you, will they post a social media note that you have hepatitis C? Will they forget to say you got hep C through a blood transfusion and not by an illicit, dirty, kneeled... Uh, drug use or unprotected sex. Just think of the dirty games they can play. Our social security numbers were once very private. Honest, they were. As a young man growing up in Arizona, I never had to show my social security card to catch a stagecoach ride from Tucson to Scottsdale or show it to buy ammo for my Gatling gun. I can't remember having to give my social security number to any organization but a very few and only for IRS reasons or other federal government issues. Today, it's hard to buy a pair of shoes online, sign up for cable service, gas, electric, and water utilities without having to give them your Social Security number. 
Neither the federal, state, or local government can demand you give up your medical information for a vaccine passport. That would violate HIPAA laws. Biden acts as if he's on our side when he said the government will not issue medical vaccine passports. Nice going, Joe. The federal government can't issue involuntary medical vaccine passports because the federal HIPAA laws prohibit it. Moreover, conservative states like Texas and Florida have just passed laws prohibiting businesses and organizations from withholding services to any client or patron because they wouldn't provide proof of COVID vaccination. Instead, Democrats are going to get around to demanding private industry require vaccine passports to attend sporting events, cruises, airline travel, shopping, dining, and just about anything else. If I don't have to wear a mask anymore when I go out to a restaurant or I go to a store because I'm fully vaccinated, why do I have to wear one if I get on an airplane? But once you ask and try and answer correctly the question you just asked me, Jake, then you're going to get into a situation where the planes, the easiest way to do that is to just say you're not going to get on the plane unless you can prove you've been vaccinated. How soon will we be on airplanes without masks? Well, that's a complicated issue, Mike. It's complicated because the people who are vaccinated could easily be on airplanes without a mask because we know you're protected whether you're indoor or outdoor. The trouble is that we don't have vaccine passports. Let me burden you with one more Dr. Fauci clip and then we'll move on. The problem in the issue is that we don't have any way of knowing who is vaccinated and who's not vaccinated. And I think that's where the confusion arises, because there are some establishments who are saying, well, I'm going to have people coming into my establishment, my store or what have you. Some are going to be vaccinated and some are not. I'm not going to know the difference. Some might be infected and might actually have a risk of infecting someone else. And under those circumstances, it's perfectly reasonable and understandable for the owner of that establishment to say, you know, we're going to keep the mask mandate up. First, remember, Fauci nor the CDC can give up on the mask baloney. They, they have too much invested in it. From all I've reviewed in the academic literature, I have serious reservations that masks work at all against COVID in 95% of public interactions. I believe that what happened at the start of the pandemic is that they knew nothing about this virus. We couldn't get any reliable information from China as to the true nature of this disease. In the beginning, all the CDC had for us was hand hygiene, social distancing, face masks, and lockdowns. They also thought the disease could live on fomites, which are objects or materials which are likely to carry infections such as cloths, utensils, furniture, boxes, mail, groceries, and the like. Remember wiping down those food deliveries from Instacart? Well, that got tossed, but it took months to dispel that idea. And I think there's probably still people wiping down everything. Instead of listening to thousands of everyday medical practitioners, the FDA and the CDC shot down every possible off-label use of other drugs, such as hydroxychloroquine. Big mistake. All in the name of, we follow the science. The problem with our establishment medical research community and the far left's political designs on COVID as a vehicle to drive other socialist programs, is that science has become malleable. You can make it prove just about any point of view. 
especially if you doctor up the message. Remember, Ben Franklin said, Half a truth is often a great lie. Let's talk about COVID and the domestic airline industry, since we were just there with Dr. Fauci. President Joe Biden issued an executive order in January requiring the wearing of masks in all federal buildings and on public transportation. In late April of this year, the public transportation mandate was extended through September 13th. Biden's orders apply to anyone older than two years old traveling through airports and on commercial planes, trains, public maritime vessels, including ferries, intercity buses, and other forms of public transportation. The TSA, or the Transportation and Security Administration, they can find someone up to 250 bucks for the first offense and 1500 bucks for repeated offenses for not wearing a mask at the security checkpoint. Now, in January, the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, implemented a zero-tolerance policy for unruly travelers on board, and they could issue fines up to $35,000. So far, the FAA said it's received about 1,300 cases of unruly passengers, and these reports come from the airlines. But here's a red-hot irony. A recent study conducted by the Department of Defense clearly demonstrates that airline passengers face minimal risk of contracting coronavirus when flying commercial jetliners. The study found the risk of aerosol dispersion, transmission of the virus through the air, was reduced by 99.7% by high air exchange rates, HEPA filtered a recirculation, and downward ventilation found on all modern jets. Most planes, the air exchange rates approximately every three minutes with 75% of that air coming from the outside the plane, meaning only 25% of the cabin air is recirculated every three minutes. There's always new air coming in. Boeing's 767s and 777s both remove particulate matter 15 times faster than the best home HVAC systems and five to six times faster than recommended design specifications for modern hospital operating rooms or patient isolation rooms. Yet, we'll still be wearing masks on commercial flights until Joe Biden wakes up or the CDC director sneaks another fastball past him. Well, I'd like to talk about COVID and the cruise ship industry when we come back from break. You all please hurry back. I'll be here, face mask and all. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com. H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off.
today, America stands at the crossroads of history. Our actions will determine the fate of our nation. Well, that journey starts here and starts now. We invite you to join us in making the ultimate difference. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters. Turn notifications on and stay in the know. You'll find all that back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Greetings and hallucinations, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Well, I live in Florida, so let's talk about COVID and the cruise ship industry. I know a whole lot of folks who are interested in getting back to cruising. The cruise ship industry recently floated a proposal to the CDC that it would require all passengers to prove they have been vaccinated, and they included that all cruise ship staff would also be 100% COVID vaccinated. In short, passengers would be required to have COVID vaccine passports and the entire ship would be 100% COVID-free. Now, they offered this in exchange for the CDC relaxing their masking requirements. What could go wrong? Well, they quickly ran ashore after hitting two giant problems. The first problem is that the CDC is still going to require strict masking rules. For instance, let me read you this ridiculous rule. Quote, At this time, all persons, including port personnel, crew, and passengers are advised that CDC's mask order remains in effect and requires the wearing of masks on conveyances entering, traveling within, or leaving the United States and in U.S. transportation hubs, end quote. Well, they go on to say, quote, while the order permits temporarily removing a mask for brief periods of time while eating or drinking, removal of the mask for extended meal service or beverage consumption would constitute a violation of this order, end quote. Finally, quote, masks do not have to be worn while inside one's own cabin, end quote. In short, passengers would be required to put their masks on in between bites of food and frequent drinks. The industry actually has a letter from the CDC confirming exactly these rules. How bizarre. It's totally bizarre. The second a sinking event is due to Florida and Texas just having passed laws forbidding any organization or business from requiring patrons, passengers, clients, or guests to show proof of COVID vaccination to obtain services. Thus, while the crew industry hoped to market cruises as COVID-free, Florida nor Texas will allow them to require passengers to show proof of vaccination to take a cruise. No, I think that's perfectly reasonable. Now, Texas, Florida, and Alaska have subsequently sued the CDC over its ridiculous masking rules as applied to the cruise industries in their particular states. The last I've heard, the cruise ship industry is still negotiating with the CDC. But I expect the lawsuits coming soon from, from them simply due to the fact that there's newly released masking guidance from the CDC over the last week. Here's an audio clip from the Norwegian Cruise Company CEO to a business show anchor last week. 
So we believe that our vessels will be the safest place on Earth. I don't know any other venue you can point to where everyone inside that venue is both vaccinated and following these protocols, not hotels, not resorts, not apartment buildings, grocery stores, hospitals, nowhere. And yet, rather than uh, ease on the uh, uh, demands uh, and the requirements by the CDC, they, they seem to double down in the cruise industry. I mean, can you imagine having to take on your mask and take off your mask in between bites uh, of your meal or in between sips of a drink? Here's another interesting clip from last Sunday with Chris Wallace and Dr. Walensky on this same topic. And do you think that's a reasonable solution for private institutions, private businesses to say we need proof that you've been vaccinated? I think that's really going to have to be um, industry by industry. I can see um, why in certain situations, for example, the cruise ship industry, it would be important to understand how protected the people who are taking a voyage are. Um, I can also see how difficult it might be in other situations. I find it curious that Dr. Walensky would mention the cruise industry in this last piece since Texas, Florida, and Alaska have pending suits against the CDC. Note that all three of these states are red states, with Texas and Florida having extremely popular governors. Is it possible the Biden administration is finding bureaucratic ways to harm these popular governors by punishing a major and important industry in their states? Nah, no way. Not possible, right? <laughs> well, in early February of this year, the White House floated the possibility of enacting travel restrictions to and from Florida to prevent the spread of alleged new COVID variants that supposedly appeared to be surging in Florida at the time. Actually, no such thing was happening. Uh, ha have you heard any more about the wild COVID variants in Florida? No. Good. We only allow tamed COVID variants here in Florida, to tell you the truth. In, a, in any event, Governor DeSantis dismissed the Biden administration's claim that a new UK variant was spread at the largely maskless celebrations in Tampa Bay over the Buccaneers Super Bowl win. Now, I covered these open outdoor stadium events at last week's show. How, how many Major League Baseball games have been played to packed stadiums this year already? Have you heard of any super spreader gatherings? No. DeSantis pushed back by saying it would be a political attack on Florida's residents and on all Americans. He said, quote, if you think about it, Restricting the right of Americans to travel freely throughout our country while allowing illegal aliens to pour across the southern border unmolested would be a ridiculous but a very damaging farce, end quote. Senator Rubio wrote to Biden saying that such travel restriction would be a, quote, outrageous authoritarian move that has no basis in law or science, end quote. But then again. Biden would never do anything so political against a popular Republican governor, right? Speaking about cruise liners, I haven't been on a boat that big since I got off Noah's Ark. I haven't talked with you about my time with Noah on the Ark, but now's as good as time as ever. After his family, Noah asked me to help out with building the Ark, but he also asked me to help out with onboard management and entertainment. We developed this really cool frequent Ark Travel Points Club. That's just in case this 40 days and 40 nights cruise became sort of a regular thing. And what an apprenticeship it was. Now think about it. Noah was the world's first ship captain. He was also the world's first CEO. 
It's not easy managing two of every kind, believe me. Well, during the building and passenger recruitment days, I did everything in my power to talk no out of taking two Democrats, two Socialists, two Communists, two Fascists, and two Marxists. Noah said, it ain't my policy. This came from the big guy above. As you can see, I lost a lot of those uh, let's not take the radical liberals with us arguments. Same problem with taking two from CNN, two from MSNBC, two from every other goofy media leftist organization. And now you can see what the heck that's led to. Uh, this two of every kind of recruitment led to all sorts of arguments. You should have heard the discussion Noah and I had about two of every kind when it came to sex versus gender. I tried to tell Noah, there's no longer just two sexes. He looked at me as if I'd been out in the sun way too long. I told him, yes, in the future, social scientists tell us. Noah stopped me in mid-sentence saying, w w wait a minute, social science? Yeah, I said, social science is a broad class of studies on different aspects of society. Noah said, if you say so. Well, I said, there's this new study of genders. It's called gender studies. Noah said, hold a boat. Uh, he meant Ark in our case. And he said, what, what's a gender? Well, I just said that radical liberals, and then Noah interrupted me again and asked, do we really have time for this now? I said, not really. Let's just pair the sexes for now and let the good Lord work out the details later. The great news about the Ark is no masking was allowed and no one was asked proof of any part of their medical record. If I could have just had 10 minutes with Dr. Fauci's great, 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 great ancestor on that cruise, I'm sure we wouldn't be having the confusion we have today over COVID policy. Well, I have a boatload of Noah stories, but we'll save some of those for later. Back to the politics uh, and the non-science of all things COVID under Joe Biden's control and command radicals. Democrats already have some of the nation's largest corporations decrying new election integrity laws in red states such as Jim Crow 2.0. Face it, Democrats, in particular the smug elitist and radical leftist, nearly birthed cows last week when the CDC snuck up on a resigned mask damned nation and said, take off your masks. After 14 months of idiocy, Finally, Senator Susan Collins said exactly what was on everybody's mind. She did this in a Senate hearing on May 11th, two days before Dr. Walensky blew masking up. But she didn't use any of the colorful and most necessary language we would have used given, given the chance. Here's her statement again. Dr. Walensky, I used to have the utmost respect for the guidance from the CDC. I always considered the CDC to be the gold standard. I don't anymore. Remember the evening of May 12th, actually 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Walensky goes on the Chris Cuomo show and defends the CDC's masking policies. Come May 13th, Walensky shocks the media, especially the liberal media, and does a near 180 on indoor mask requirements for vaccinated folks but not entirely. We've since learned that the White House wasn't informed of the sneak attack by the CDC director until hours before the bombshell. The left, the mask fascist, let me call them, went into a collective anaphylactic meltdown, as if her announcement was the unkindest cut of all. 
I'm going to play several clips from Sunday's, uh, May 16th, network political shows, just two days after the CDC's announcement. Normally, you'd think the media would celebrate ditching the shackles of masking. (laughs) Not so. These first two clips are from ABC's Martha Raddatz grilling Dr. Walensky. The next clip after that is from Fox's Chris Wallace worrying about who's going to be the vaccine police. But let's talk about the unmasked and the unvaccinated. Lisa Maragakis, an infection disease specialist from Johns Hopkins, told the Washington Post there is no way to know who is vaccinated and who is not in most scenarios. The likely result is that almost no one will wear a mask. She went on to say that the risk to the unvaccinated would dramatically increase as most stop masking. Do you dispute that? But COVID is undeniably still a threat. And CDC has consistently shown a scientific evidence that says you are much safer if two people in a room have masks on. So if you are unvaccinated in that room and someone else comes in without a mask, you're not as safe. But, but who is supposed to... Who is, who is supposed to be the vaccination police? You look at Costco and Walmart, these essential workers. What are they supposed to do? There, again, there's a quarter of the country that says they will not get vaccinated. Okay, I had to sneak a third clip in of Martha Raddatz. Can you hear how worried she is that maskless non-vaxxers will be running wild throughout the country? Hello, if you're vaccinated, you can't get COVID and you can't spread COVID. Here's the Chris Wallace clip. What about frontline health workers, frontline retail workers, frontline grocery workers? The union leaders for those various groups say that you, in effect, have now changed them from being the mask police to being the vaccination police. You know, you talk about, well, people have to be honest with themselves. If everybody else or a third of Americans are taking off their masks legitimately, haven't you put these people in a tough spot uh, to say, well, have you really been vaccinated? Did you hear the part about uh, union leaders? Who said they have to be the vaccine police? Haven't we had enough of unions meddling in our health care and the health of our children? This Joe Biden campaign to stuff unions down all of our throats is going to backfire. It's another thing that's going to continue to divide this nation. You want to know what really PO'd the media? What really set them off? It wasn't that governors weren't consulted or unions weren't consulted or that school boards weren't informed. It was simply because nobody told them. They were caught off guard. Who authorized this sea change? Why weren't we consulted? After all, we're part of this control the public campaign. We, the media, carry the infomercials for the Biden administration. We don't care about the good news. If you don't run it by us first, it doesn't really matter. We're your propaganda army. You don't disrespect us. I don't think Walensky even told Fauci until hours before her decision. Hello, media. We can't get COVID and we can't spread COVID if we've been vaccinated. Instead, if we had a free and honest media, they should have been asking why in tarnation have we been wearing masks for the past three months? As a vaccinated person, I'm just as safe from COVID today as I was 14 days after my second shot, which was nearly three months ago. We've been masked and muzzled by the CDC and the the Fauci's of our vaulted medical community for the last 14 months. Or is this all part of some social behavioral conditioning experiment? 
Does this societal control campaign have a wider purpose than public health? Don't believe for a second that our medical community is above partisan politics. Want proof social behavioral conditioning is working? Look at the survey showing that half the nation, mostly obedient Democrats, are in a panic-neurotic state of separation anxiety and fear for others because masks are coming off. Something is terribly wrong here. We're the home of the free and the land of the brave. Albeit they're vaccinated, the political left and the sorely misinformed are hysterical about going naked before the world. I'm not mad about going maskless. I'm mad about all the BS from the CDC and Dr. Fauci. In fact, I've been in a state of infuriated since the first 15-day lockdown. I went into hyper-infuriated when the CDC changed hands from an incompetent Dr. Redfield and a waffling Dr. Fauci under President Trump to an agenda-controlled Dr. Walensky and a neo-propagandist in Dr. Fauci under a politically charged Joe Biden's administration. So what happened between May 12th and May 13th? The first thing that happened is vaccines are amazingly effective. The CDC couldn't smother the obvious any longer. Even though the information in the published papers Dr. Walensky just cited as reasons for lifting the masking requirements, that information has been available for months. No one in today's digital world waits on paper publications. These studies are digitally pre-published on the web. We knew what she knew months ago. Number two, you can't COVID transmit to others. These stories of breakthrough infections are largely anecdotal and if true, are so infinitesimal as to be non-events. Number three, numerous scientific papers have revealed these Trump vaccines protect against a wide variety of COVID variants. So stop with all the variant scare stories, okay? Number four, as vaccine rates increase, so does herd or blanket immunity increase. New cases are falling faster than we're vaccinating people. Something is going on and it's likely herd immunity. The CDC and Dr. Fauci refuse to acknowledge that 30% of adults have had confirmed cases of COVID-19. They have natural immunity, just as complete and durable as those vaccinated. After citing a long list of studies, Senator and Dr. Rand Paul challenged Dr. Fauci with the following question. The amount of immune memory gained from natural infection would likely prevent the vast majority of people from getting hospitalized disease, severe disease for many years. Given that no scientific studies have shown significant numbers of reinfections of patients previously infected or previously vaccinated, what specific studies do you cite to argue that the public should be wearing masks well into 2022? Needless to say, Dr. Fauci's answer was really a non-answer. Rand Paul is correct. There is such a thing as robust natural immunity. Number five, there's no definitive evidence masks protect against COVID-19 infections. This despite many attempts to prove so. We no longer believe it when Joe Biden claims 50,000 lives would have been saved if the nation had masked itself for his first 100 days. Joe, we were already masked. Your obsessive compulsive behavior should be treated before you make an even bigger fool of yourself parading around in double masks. But all that I've just mentioned was known and knowable well before May 13th. 
and certainly before Dr. Walensky's testimony before the Senate on May 11th, when she blamed COVID variants as the next big scare. Walensky's abrupt May 13th mask-free proclamation was so shockingly abrupt, we learned she only gave the White House a briefing hours before going to the media. Which, if you ask me, this was a wise thing on her part. For the White House, surely, they surely would have squashed what they would have said was an irresponsible action. The White House needs to maintain the COVID scare. Joe's got $4 trillion worth of bills. He still wants to pass on the back of COVID. We have to know that the White House is deeply and politically invested in falsely leading the public into believing that government, big government, more and even bigger government is the only answer to any and all public issues. The last time Americans have had such a shock to their unalienable rights was when Franklin Delano Roosevelt interned, yes, locked up, incarcerated, impounded, imprisoned, detained, with prejudice, Japanese Americans into guarded camps during World War II. I've been asking since April of 2020, why do we have to wear masks outdoors? And when vaccination rates continue to climb in March of 2021, and vaccine efficiency and effectiveness data were published, I've been asking, why are vaccinated folks having to wear masks at all? What we heard from Joe Biden for months now is that, quote, it's a patriotic responsibility, for God's sake, end quote. The truth is it's been a coercive lie perpetrated by the CDC and most especially by Dr. Anthony Fauci since he began his bystander waffling on late January of 2020. It's gone from, you don't need to wear a mask and probably shouldn't, to wear masks in March of 2020, to wear two masks in February of 2021. And since Dr. Fauci's second mask proclamation, it's all been grand, coercive, destructive theater. Well, time is flying by, and I want to share with you what to do if you have COVID symptoms and a positive COVID test. You'll find this information particularly helpful if it's not you, but a dear friend who's confronted with COVID and is unsure as to what to do. Let me highly recommend to you that you go to the America Out Loud website and look for the weekly show by Dr. Peter McAuliffe, MD. It's called the McAuliffe Report. I particularly liked the May 11th show entitled Treat the Viral Infection, Handle the Pandemic Crisis, and his April 13th show entitled How to Survive COVID-19. But they're all outstanding shows. Dr. McAuliffe's talking style on his America Out Loud McAuliffe reports is geared to patients. After all, this is who Dr. McAuliffe talks to day in and day out. He's a world-renowned practicing internist and cardiologist in Dallas. All his shows this year are on COVID-19 and its treatment. He was the lead author of one of the most important COVID-19 ambulatory treatment studies since COVID-19 surfaced. You can find this study in the American Journal of Medicine. It was published online on August 8, 2020 in this important medical journal. This paper remains the most downloaded study among all published studies of any subject in the American Journal of Medicine since August 8, 2020. It was published online August 8, 2020. However, it appears in print edition of the journal's January 2021 issue, and that would be Volume 134, Issue 1, pages 16 to 22. 
Volume 134, Issue 1, pages 16 to 22. This is an example of what I was talking about earlier. An important study like this will be digitally published online often months before it appears as a paper printed article in a journal. But you'll have no, you'll have no problem finding it and downloading it. It's free to the public because that's the kind of fellow Dr. McAuliffe is. You don't have to subscribe to the journal or pay to download it. A non-medical reader will have no problem reading the first part of this article, trust me. This gives the rationale for why this study and its recommendations for care are critically important. If you have signs and symptoms of COVID and you have a positive COVID test, I encourage you to download it, take it with you to your local doctor's appointment this week. Take it with you even if you're going to the emergency room. I'm not joking or goofing around. This information may save your life or an adult life dear and near to you. Even if you're vaccinated, you probably will have the opportunity to use what you learn by listening to Dr. McAuliffe's weekly reports. I sure have. Well, there's never enough time. I wanted to talk about COVID-19 vaccines for children. Regardless of my next week's subject, I will begin the show with important information about COVID in children and why, despite the social pressure to vaccinate kids is overwhelming, the medically prudent thing to do may be to wait until these vaccines are formally approved for use in children's age groups. Right now, they only have emergency approval, and the only emergency I can see is the pressure to get kids demasked for summer camp. I also want to alert you to the fact that pediatric cases of COVID-19, their hospitalizations, and deaths are currently exaggerated. This isn't just my opinion. In a moment, I'll play for you a clip from Dr. Nicole Sapphire about a recent study out of Stanford. Don't get me wrong, I'm a pro-vaccine fellow, but children are another matter, and there's so much more to know before we start inoculating them with an understudied vaccine. Here's Dr. Sapphire. This new study out of Stanford may tell us that even our perceived low risk of severity in children is likely even lower than that. This data came out, they retrospectively looked at about 265 patient charts of children who were hospitalized and listed as a COVID hospitalization. Well, the data showed about 46% of those children were likely admitted to that hospital with had nothing to do with the fact that they were positive for SARS-CoV-2. Now that hospitals are universally testing for the virus, when people come into the hospital, they're finding those infections to be incidental. So more to come next week. I regret I have only one life to give to my fellow conservatives, and I regret I had only one hour to give to this topic. I'll return to it, however. So much more to say. I hope you found it informative. As I said last week, my recommendation is that if you have a full box of surgical masks at home, don't buy any more. They don't do well at garage sales. I've tried. Please follow me on Twitter. I do follow back. You can find me at DFB Harvard. DFB is Daniel Francis Baranowski. Harvard. DFB Harvard. I can't possibly thank you enough. You were marvelous and so patient with me again today. Let's do talk therapy again next week. Same place, same time. Until then, cheers and blessings. <laughs>